Welcome to Word Mission Church International Podcast. Now the Word with Paul Mensa Wood. My God, thank you, Lord. I'm feeling preachified today because I went like that. <laughs> I feel like preaching. <laughs> My Lord. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, Jesus went about teaching, preaching, healing, and then casting out devils. Amen. Sometimes we have to teach, sometimes we preach. I just feel like preaching like a machine gun today. <laughs> My God, I thank God. I hope, I trust you, uh, you had a blessed week and welcoming to God's presence. Uh, and for those joining us online, as well as our television audience, you are welcome as well. And if you are ever in the Colorado Springs area, plan to join us and your life will not be the same. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God is so good. Wow. You see, so many times um, when we become, even before you become a child of God, you have goals, you have dreams, you have visions, you have things you want to see in your life. And when God calls us, you see, God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us. And it's when we align with his plan and his purpose that's what makes the difference. You see, God started um, with Adam and Eve, and they missed it. And all throughout, uh, when he got to the children of Israel, God wanted to make an example nation out of them. So that when people see that example, they can say, look, there's a God that lives. Let us pardon our lives. Let us pardon our nation after these people. So God went to Egypt, the Bible says that God came down. He heard their cry, and he came down to deliver them. And he sent Moses to go and deliver them. But when they came out, not everybody that left Egypt made it to the promised land. And the promised land is for us a type of our rights, our privileges, our inheritance, and what God has planned and purposed for our lives. And so many times we come short. But you see, I pray in the name of Jesus that as you live your life, may you walk in the fullness of all that God has planned and purpose for us and for you in Jesus' name. Now let's, 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 look, at, let's look at this story. Let's turn with me with that background to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers 13. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Numbers 13. My Lord and my God. Verse, verse 1, he says that, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel from each tribe of their fathers. You shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. So Moses sent out 12 spies to go and search out the land, to spy out the land and see, I mean, what kind of land are we getting into? What are we getting ourselves into? Now, he sent 12 people, and when he sent them, 10 came back with an evil report. So with that, 10, go, with, go with me to verse 27. He says, then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. Truly, it flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. 
the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they spied out, saying, The land which we have gone as spies is a land which devours its inhabitants. Think about this. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so were we in their sight. God says, I'm taking you, I'm taking them, taking you to a land flowing with milk and honey. A very good land. And that's God's plan and purpose for each and every one of us. To bring us into his very best. So here they go to spy out the land, and they said it's good, all right. There's milk and honey there. There's the, this, even this, these are the fruit, very, very large fruit. But there's something else. You see, God didn't tell them about the giants. Why does he need to tell them about the giants in the land? If God told you about all the things that are ahead, you will be afraid. But you see, the giants don't matter. What does the giants matter if God is with you? Doesn't make a difference. Now, we'll come back to this story, but go, let's go again to 1 Corinthians. What makes the difference between you and the other person? What's going to make the difference between your Christian life, your walk with the Lord? 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. He says, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Notice verse 6. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not last after evil things as they also lasted. And do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. You see that all these things, these, they are not just written to fill up, fill up pages in the Bible. All these things were written for our examples. It shows you what to do and what not to do. So here these 12 spies go into the land and what made the difference? And what made the difference in our lives as well? The first thing is what they saw. What they saw. The Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. You see, sometimes the circumstance, the things that you see, from a natural standpoint, can hinder you and prevent you from entering into God's best. What they saw. Notice what, what, their, report, what their report was. Verse 28, he says that when we saw, when we saw, 
Numbers 30, 13 verse 38. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 28. 28, he says that, Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw, we saw, we saw the descendants of Enoch there. What you see? What do you see? Do you see defeat? Do you see failure? Or do you see God? I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, no matter the circumstance, I pray in the name of Jesus, may you not be hindered from a natural standpoint based on what you see, but take your eyes off of the natural and lift it up unto God. The psalmist of old said, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from where comes my help. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth. Thank God he lifts us to lift up his eyes unto the hills, but you and I, even as children of God, the Bible says that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. He lives right here in us. So no matter the test, no matter the trial, look to God. And as you look to God, oh, whatever you are faced with will become very small. We saw. We saw. We saw. The giants, the sons of the, 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 the children of Enoch there, the descendants of Enoch. So when they saw the giants, without, without looking at God, everything became impossible, difficult. And you'll find in your life as well the same situation, the same scenario. If you take your eyes off of God, everything seems impossible. But when you Fix your eyes on God. All things are possible to him that believes. Verse 33 says, There we saw the giants. The descendants of Enoch came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so were we in their sight. Notice this. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight. That's how they saw themselves. They saw themselves like grasshoppers. And so the people also saw themselves, saw, saw them like that. How do you see yourself? See yourself the way God sees you. That's what makes all the difference. You are unique. God created you marvelously. There is no one like you in the world. Even twins, their fingerprints are not the same. You are special. Don't let anybody deceive you. <laughs> Don't listen to the voice of the enemy. Don't listen. See yourself the way God sees you. There is no one like you in the world. You are uniquely made by God. For a reason and for a purpose. They saw themselves like grasshoppers. Get rid of that grasshopper mentality. Today, somebody's getting grasshopper mentality never enters the promised land. <laughs> you will enter that promised land in the name of Jesus. What are you seeing? One day, Jesus, Matthew chapter 14, Jesus 
appeared to his disciples. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He told them to go to the other side and go before, before him to the other side and he, was going, he planned to join them. Then he went to the mountain to pray. We're talking about this prayer. Very important. We see that in the life of Jesus. Now, when he told them to the go to the other side, it's the same thing here. He didn't tell them that there was a storm ahead. But they went, they, they ran into a storm. And when they ran into the storm, they started being fearful. And verse 25 says, Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to, went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. We'll see that here uh, shortly. <laughs> it's sort of like that boy, uh, that young boy, he had a part in a, in a Christmas play, uh, or in a play, and his part was, um, this line right here, it is I, be of good cheer, and do not be afraid. And when he, he rehearsed his lines very well, and uh, when he got to the stage, <laughs> he forgot his line. <laughs> and so he said, um, it is I, and I'm afraid. <laughs> I need help. <laughs> Jesus comes to you this morning and he says, It is high, be not be afraid. <laughs> and Peter answered in verse 28 and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Verse 29, so he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But what made a difference here? But when he saw, we are back to that scene again. When he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sing, he cried out saying, Lord save me. You see, a miracle started in the life of Peter but the miracle was not consummated because of what he saw. You see, so many times you talk about Peter, he walked on the water and then he began to sing. But you see, don't criticize Peter. Have you walked on water before? At least Peter did. He started. <laughs> don't criticize the other person until you've done more than they've done. Aha. He sang, but the thing is that he walked on water. But you see, the thing is, a miracle was started, but it was not consummated. What happened? Based on what he saw. And so many times, God starts a work in our lives, but it doesn't come to its fullness because we take our eyes off of him. What did he see? When he saw, that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. Jesus said, come. And that word come had the ability to keep him underwater. So long as you walk on the word of God, you are going to be okay. 
that walk on the, on the word of God can do the impossible. But when you, you see, you see, it's the same thing. When you take your eyes of Jesus, that's when you begin, begin to fear. When you take your eyes off of the word, that's when you begin to fear. Fear can paralyze you, I tell you. Let's say you have a bill coming up, and you don't know what you are going to do, and you start panicking. What well, we just read here, that, it, that your God will supply all your need earlier according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You've been faithful. But if you take your eyes off that way, then the bill looks bigger than God. Or whatever the situation is. Fear. When he saw, and it's the same for those, for those, for those spies, when they saw, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that you will keep your eyes and fix your eyes on Jesus. Amen. That's what makes the difference. A miracle was started, but it was not completed because he looked at the wrong thing. You see, what you continually focus on is what shows up in your life. I'll say it again. What you continually focus on it's what shows up in your life. Very important. Let's go a step further. What made it? What they said. What they said. First, we saw something, and then they gave a report. He says they gave an evil report of the land. Notice Numbers chapter 4, 14. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The very next chapter, verse 6. Numbers 14, verse 6. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who aspired out the land, tore their clothes. And they spoke to all the congregation of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread, and their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. This is what they said. The other people said the, 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 the land eats its inhabitants. Well, if the land is eating our people, then you wouldn't have come back anyway. Think about that. If it's, the land is eating our people, and let me, let's, let's digress a little bit. You see, that's another thing too. Two people give a good report. Ten people give a bad report. That means that the majority are not always right. You see, the world flows naturally in a, in, in a certain stream. Anti-God. <laughs> Doubt. Unbelief. Fear. And it's, 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 it's sometimes difficult for us to flow against that stream. 
Sometimes when you are young, you say, everybody is doing this, so I'm also going to do this. That may not be the right way. The Bible says that there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So sometimes what seems like the right way may not be the right way, and the fact that everybody is doing it doesn't make it right. Because in, on this particular day, if you had been there, you said, okay, well, the 10 people and even the children of Israel, everybody was saying, look, let's, not, let's go with these 10 people. And then they started complaining. Notice, he says, all these things are written for our example. They said, look, verse 3 says, why has the Lord brought us, verse 2 says, and all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to him, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness. The whole congregation. Moses and Aaron, and then Joshua and Caleb are the only ones on the, on the other side. So if you are there, and, and, and you were part of that congregation, the natural thing is, look, uh, let's just join with the, whole, with the crowd. We wish we had died in the wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land, verse 3, to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Now, now God is the problem. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? Wow. That's the majority. So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Let's go back. That's, that's another point. You see, sometimes... When well, Egypt is a type of the world, when people, when you come and become a child of God, somebody said, oh, when I was in the world, I was having a good time. <laughs> I was doing all right. And as soon as I became a Christian, look at all these tests and all these trials. <laughs> God has something to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> they say they want to go back to Egypt, go back to the world. But if you remember, these were the same people, not very long, they were crying and saying, we want out. And the very same people, we human beings, we are very interesting. <laughs> When it's cold, we say it's too cold. When it's hot, we say it's too hot. <laughs> when, you, when, when, when you were in the bondage of sin and in captivity, you were crying out and say, Oh God, who will help me? How can I get out of this? Then as soon as you come on, on, on God's side, the least thing. I forget it forever. I forget about God. I want to go back. <laughs> the same people were crying in Egypt and, and saying, Look, we want God. We, we, this is too much. And then the same people are saying, we want to go back. 
May you never turn back. There's nothing there. <laughs> there's nothing there. I said, there's nothing there. I said, there's nothing there. They were crying because of their bondage. And these same people, and, and on that day, they were the majority. Moses and Aaron, Joshua and Caleb, it appears that what kind of a situation have they brought these people into? What they said. Notice the difference. You see, what you say makes all the difference. So what is the key to possessing your inheritance? What is the key to entering all that God has planned and purpose for your life? <coughs> Two, number one, believe the word of God. Believe the word of God. That's what makes the difference. Numbers 1330, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. Notice what he said. He believed what God said. We are well able. We are well able. I, we can do this. We can take possession. The people have no defense. Their, def their, 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 their defense is departed from, their, from them. And in, in chapter 14, we saw that he said, they are bread for us. Somebody sees giant, somebody sees bread. Different perspective. <laughs> they are bread for us. I like color. People, I like people of faith. Yeah. They are my kind. <laughs> bread, he feeds on, means that giants are bread for him. Impossibilities. He feeds on those. Believe the word of God. It sounds very simple, but that's the key. Numbers 14, 11, it says, And the people said to Moses, How long will these people reject me? And how long will they not believe me with all the signs which I have performed among them? They saw the Red Sea parted. Didn't make any difference. How long would it take you to believe God? God is asking you that this morning. How long will it take you to believe God? You see, doubt, he calls doubt an evil report. A report of unbelief. And James, Dr. James, I call him Dr. James, speaking in James 1, <laughs> verse 6. <laughs> James 1, verse 6, that let, he says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. He who doubts is like a wave of the sea, tossed and driven. <laughs> Do 
Don't even, don't even suppose that you receive anything from God. You see, I call him Dr. James because he wrote the, and said that, look, our tongue controls our whole life. And then years later, the neurosurgeons discovered that there is a nerve in our brain that is connected to our tongue. And when you speak with your mouth, that, that nerve controls the whole body. And when you, when you speak, it tells the body what to do. Well, they could have got that from Dr. James also. <laughs> but he says that who he who doubts, don't even think, don't even suppose that you receive anything from God. That's what hindered these people. So believe the word of God. And then two, speak in line with God's word. These are simple keys. But, but you see, the, the thing is, things will not change till something happens and starts on the inside. So speak in line with God's word. Speak in line with God's word. Numbers chapter 14, verse 28. Thank you, Lord. Numbers 14, 28. He says that, say to them, say to these people, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so will I do to you. <laughs> just as you have spoken in my hearing. So what are you saying? God is saying that what you say is what, he's, what is going to happen. That's, that's what he's going to do for you. As you are spoken in my hearing, so will I do to you. That agrees with what Jesus said in Mark 11. Mark 11. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 23, he says that for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he says to you will be done, he will have whatever he says. <laughs> he will have whatever he or she says. As you are spoken in my hearing, that's exactly what I'm going to do. What are you saying? Watch it. In fact, what you have right now is as a result of words you spoke in the past. What you are going to have in the future is as a result of the words you are speaking now. When I was in college, I remember sometimes when we are going into the exam room, you'll hear people saying, I'm not, go I'm not, going, to fail I'm not going to pass this course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to flank this course. <laughs> that, that's exactly right. And when we come back the next semester and we look on the board, do you see those names there? <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> For that particular course. What are you saying? You can't talk failure and work in success. No. What are you saying? 
And for, for me, it was very busy. I was doing church work and then studying at the same time. I'll never use my mouth to say that I'm going to flunk a course. No, 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 no. <laughs> ben, whatever I have to do. We'll get to that here later. What are you saying? He shall have, he or she, is an unchangeable spiritual law, as you have said in my hearing. They said, we wish we would die in this world. God said, no problem. That's what you <laughs> Is that not what they said? Do we not read that? Numbers 14, earlier chapters. God said, okay, no problem. Under 20, all of them. He said, you are going to wander in this wilderness for 40 years, one day for every day that you set out the land. You're not going to get there, as you said in my hearing. You see, your word. Set the boundaries for your life. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 2. Speak in line with God's word. <laughs> Speak in line with God's word. You are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. You, you, you might blame it on somebody else, but you've caused it. One way or the other. What are you saying about your family, your marriage, your children, your grandchildren? What are you saying? That business. You are snared by my words? No, 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 no. Your words. <laughs> you will have whatever he or she says. What I say or what you say? What you say. As you have said in my ear. What is God hearing? If God was to play back the words you've been speaking... God turns on his recorder and hears the words that you've been speaking. What would he hear? Think about it. Some people say, no, no, God, please don't play those words. <laughs> but what are you saying? Amos chapter 3 verse 3. You see, you have to agree with God. It's so important. Amos chapter 3 verse 3. Can two walk together unless they are agreed? It's impossible to walk with God without agreeing with them. Two. Walk together with God unless they are agreed. Get in agreement with God. With his word. Get his word in your heart and speak in line with God's word. You cannot walk in agreement with God, with, with God, we cannot walk with God without agreeing with him. God's word says this, but I say this. And what you are saying is contrary to what God said. You are going nowhere fast. <laughs> Can two walk together unless they are agreed? Agree with God. 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 It makes all the difference. Job 22, 21 says, Now acquaint yourself with him and be at peace. Thereby good will come to you. Acquaint yourself with him. Agree with him. 
and you'll be at peace. If you don't agree and acquaint yourself with him, you will not be at peace. Receive instruction, verse 22, from his, from his mouth and lay up his words in your heart. Lay up his words. Lay up his words. Lay up his words. Lay up his words in your heart. Then you see, that's, you see, what, what you are full of is what comes out. It, it, it can't change that. Jesus said, out of the deposit of a man's heart, the treasure that you put out there, then that's what comes out. We'll find out, I pray this doesn't happen to you, but we'll find out what is in your heart when accidentally your leg hits something. They will know what you are full of. <laughs> <laughs> I said, don't play those words. Don't play those words. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but you see, the deposit of your heart, that's what makes the difference. So lay up his words in your heart. When you put those words in there, he says, if you return to the Almighty, you shall be built up and you put iniquity away from your tabernacles. Then you lay up gold as dust and the gold of earth as the, brooks, as the stones of the brooks. Job 22, 23 to 24. The Almighty will be your defense. You have plenty of silver. You shall delight in the Almighty and you shall lift up your face unto the Lord. Get, get acquainted with God. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart, out of the good deposits. Put those words in your heart. Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 35. I felt like preaching now. I'm, I'm teaching. I haven't even preached yet. <laughs> but you see, the teaching comes before the preaching, though. Thank you, Lord. Matthew 12, 35. A good man out of the good treasure of his, of the heart, of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you, and I see that you're talking about words. That for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. So he says, lay up those words in your heart. You are snared by the words of your So get the word of God in there. No matter the circumstance, no matter the difficulty, speak in line with the word of God. Those people said we are, going to, we are going to make it, and they did. It took them 40 years because of the other people. That company hindered them, but eventually they got there. You will get there in Jesus' name. 
Oh my God. Three, control your thoughts and see things from God's perspective. Control your thoughts and see things from God's perspective. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, As a man, as a person thinks in his heart, so is he. You're thinking. Control those thoughts. See things from God's perspective. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, he says that. Finally, brethren, whatever, or sister in two, you have to include them. <laughs> whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, Whatever things are good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate or think on these things. <laughs> Noble, just, pure, lovely, good report. Did you hear what so so and so did? Is it praiseworthy? I'll toss it out. Don't think about that. Focus your thoughts on God. Control those thoughts. Don't let your mind get loose. We discovered that in one of these lessons. Peter said, get up the loins of your mind. Last week, get up the loins of your mind. Don't let your mind run loose. Th he tells you exactly what to think about. Is God's word true? Then think on God's word. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, 20, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, he says that, Now to him who is able to do abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, ask or think. Normally we, we ask. But he's saying that even when you think about it, God is able to do more. Think about that. He's able to do more than we ask or think. So he tells us what to think about. So don't feed yourself with negative things. Feed yourself with God's word. Oh, we are back to the word of God again. He's able to do more than you can ask or think. Yeah. See things from God's perspective. The other people thought and they didn't see things the way God saw them. So they didn't get there. Four. Holy follow the Lord. Follow the Lord wholeheartedly, not half-heartedly. Notice God's account. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Numbers chapter 14, verse 24. Numbers 14, verse 24. He says, But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, and has followed me fully, 
I will bring into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. My servant Caleb, he calls him a servant now. He's followed me fully. All in, all out. I'm going to bring him into the land. Half-hearted people never enter their inheritance. <laughs> people that follow God not fully never enter into their inheritance. God is looking for a people that will say, I am going all out for God. I'm all in. He's followed me fully. He's going to enter into it. Enter into that land. Who is on the Lord's side? I said, who is on the Lord's side? On that day, they looked like the minority. But their heart was in the right place. They were following God fully. They thought, what, what is going on here? I like people like that. Like David, he gets on the battlefield and says, what's going on here? These giants, uncircumcised. All you people, what's, what's going on? I believe God, this giant can come, come down today. What's the reward for the person that brings down the giants? They said they will be free from taxes and they will marry the king's daughter. All he had was the king's daughter and the taxes, free of taxes. <laughs> yeah. Where's Goliath? Bring him, bring him. <laughs> the money and the girl, that's it. That's all that matters here. <laughs> Everybody is afraid. <laughs> Bring the giants. Caleb said this person really have they have bread for us. <laughs> He's followed me holy. I will bring him into the land and his descendants shall inherit. People that follow God, it affects your generation. It affects people that come after them. Sometimes when you are making decisions, you think you are making those decisions just for yourself. But please, the people coming after you are impacted by that decision. So consider it very carefully. He's followed me wholly. This was Moses' account. Now, message 32, verse 11, he says, he says that, Surely none of the men who came out from Egypt from 20 years and above shall see the land of which I swore to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me. Except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenazite, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the Lord. Be all in. So later on, when he was 80 years old, and they were dividing the land, Kale said, give me this mountain. Give me my land 
on that day when we went there, that they said that, look, God gave this person to me, and I refuse to let go. I don't know people taking mountains at 880, but the caliber was one of them. Give me this mountain. In the name of Jesus, I speak to you by the word of the living God. Any impossibility that you are confronted with, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, you are being empowered to overcome. Thank you, Lord. Oh, my God. I've run out of time. And the final thing. Sometimes people have to acquire skill sometimes also. Sometimes. That's what needs to happen. He says in Psalm chapter 50, 78, verse 72, notice he says that God, thank you, Lord. Psalm 78, verse 72 it says that so he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. The skillfulness of his hands. The skillfulness of his hands. In Daniel chapter 5, verse 11 to 12, it says that, look, there is a man, there is somebody here. Thank you, Lord. Daniel chapter 5, verse 11, he says, There is a man in your kingdom, in whom is the spirit of the holy God, and in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the God, wisdom of the gods were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, made him chief of the magicians. There is a man, there is a person. There is a person. There is a man. See, people are always looking for people with skill. Something that's unique. Something that's different. They will find you in Jesus' name. The Bible says a man's gifts will make room for him. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 16. Oh, my God. Are you getting something today? You see, he said they were all in the same church. And he called them the church in the wilderness. But with some of them, God was not well pleased. Why? They wouldn't believe God's word. They wouldn't talk in line with God's word. They wouldn't act in line with God's word. And so they did not get there. He guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. They were always giving Moses trouble. And Moses got angry with them, and he didn't even make it. That's another thing, too. Thank you, Lord Jesus. What made a difference? Anybody remember? What they saw. One, what they said. What is the key to possessing your inheritance? Believe the word of God. One, two, speak in line with God's word. Three, control, control your thoughts and see things from God's perspective. Four, holy follow the Lord. Five, acquire skill if you need to. But, that, that, but you see, when you make a decision that you are going all out for God, everybody will tell you how, how you're not going to make it. But in the name of the Lord Jesus, you will make it in Jesus' name. 
And it will not only impact you, it will impact your generation after you. God is not through with you yet. See, people, somebody may have written you off and said, look, what good can come out of this life? But in the name of the Lord Jesus, as you cooperate with God, as you agree with God, I've seen time and time and time and time again. And I've seen the other side too, like we were talking about last week. Some people, the Bible says that they do not like to retain God in their thoughts. Psalm 10 verse 4. Don't, don't bring God here. See, the wicked in his proud countenance does not see God. God is in none of his thoughts. That's the, it doesn't, it's, it's, not, it's not in there. God is not in there. And in the process of time that shows up, then the people that retain God in their thoughts, you are not wasting your time serving God. You are not wasting your time going all out for God. It makes all the difference. He says, God is, is way out there. It's not in his thoughts. Oh, but the people that think about God, that walk with God, sooner or later, there's a difference. Oh, there's a difference. <laughs> there is a difference. Every time I try to stop there, something else comes up. <laughs> I'm getting ready to finish. Malachi chapter 3. Let's wrap up with that. Continue another time. Verse 18, he says, Then you, verse 17 says, They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day that I make them my jewels. And I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then you shall again descend between the righteous and the wicked. Between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. There's always going to be a difference. <laughs> There's always will be a difference. So the earlier you make that decision, he says, my servant Caleb, you followed me wholly. He says, then you shall return my jewels. I will spare them as a man spares his son then you see that there is a difference between the one who serves God and the one who does not. Was there a difference between Caleb and the rest or not? There was a difference. And as the coming of the Lord Jesus draws closer and closer, the difference will get clearer and more clearer and clearer. You will be on the Lord's side in Jesus' name. He says the whole world, there's a broad way that leads to destruction and many people are on that way. Then the way that leads to life is narrow and there are few people on it. You are in that few. The majority is not always right. But in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I see as you get on the Lord's side, as you agree with God, as you begin to walk with God, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I see God making a difference in your life. 
I said, I see God making a difference in your life. I see God making a difference in your family. I see God making a difference in your finances. I see God in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. That impossible situation that you are confronted with. In the name of Jesus, that mountain is out of the way. That mountain is out of the way. That mountain is out of the way. In the name of Jesus, oh my God, what was thought impossible? In the name of Jesus, in your lineage, in your line, it will be said of this person that when they came along and they began to work with God, our family and our lineage is different in the name of Jesus. Don't be a difference. Oh, I sense God's presence. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We trust this podcast was a blessing. Subscribe for more messages like these. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, we would love to hear from you. Email us at info at wordmissionchurchinternational.org. We will love to equip you in daily walk, so sign up for devotionals and encouragement at www.wordmissionchurchinternational.org. You may reach us at 719-235-5535. 